On this episode of the Garden of Eden podcast, we talk about authenticity and the beauty of having an identity outside of labels, pushing past the perfection that people expect of you in living your authentic life. If you love the Garden of Eden or the Garden of Jessica podcast and want to see it grow, share it with a friend. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, leave a review, it helps us so much, and subscribe on Spotify. Without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Hi everybody, this is the Garden of Eden podcast. I'm Jessica. And I am also Jessica. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible. And since we sound so much alike, I'm sure everybody's super confused. I know, I'm Eden. (laughs) Um, Ha ha ha. I know. You should have said the Garden of Jessica podcast. It would have been funny. (laughs) I'm taking over. I've got Eden in my basement, y'all. I know. Um, (laughs) So, ma'am, week how many of quarantine for you? (sighs) I think it's five or six. I don't know. Honestly, I don't even want... I'm like at the anger stage. I got done being sad. Now I'm just mad. I think it's five or six. I don't know. I'm not counting. Um, I think it's like three, maybe, maybe four for me. I feel mm. like Texas was kind of later on the bandwagon and now our dumbass governor is talking about opening our state back so that everybody dies. <sighs> I'm sorry. That's terrible. Um, that's terrible. I hope it goes okay. Uh, here in California, we were a lot, um, I guess quicker to act, I think. Um, but I've been reading lately that they thought that there was some kind of, um, um, what did they call it? Herd immunity or something like that. I don't know if that was the right word. Um, but they were, there's some kind of a theory, which they don't have any, the, any like facts to base this on. So it's not proven <laughs> or anything like that, but they think that we started getting the virus here late last year, around the time it started circulating, um, in China. And that might be why we're not being hit as hard, like compared to other places, um, busy metropolises like Los Angeles. Um, so that's an interesting one. I, I thought there could be some truth to that. They won't know until they start testing people um, for antibodies. But I had a, a, I got sick late last year myself, Dan and I, and it lasted for a couple of weeks and it was terrible. And it was a respiratory illness. So I can only hope and pray that I have got some antibodies built up. Um, but I'm just ready for this whole thing to be over. For sure. I've been hearing all of the theories too, but obviously we don't want this to be the quarantine cast part two. Um, <laughs> lately, I've just been, I've actually, like, I talked to my boyfriend about it and I was like, is there something wrong with me that I just feel fine? Like, <laughs> I see a lot of people really <laughs> struggling and it's hard and I'm like, I'm just fine. Like, I get up, I go for my walks, I have a nice Birkenstock tan going on. It Mm -hmm. is full force Birkenstock tan (laughs) because I go walking in my Birkenstocks. And I get up, I do my makeup, I get dressed, and I just feel fine and calm. And maybe it's because I pray a lot. I don't know what it is, but I'm just to a stage of I'm fine. And I think that is a little bit weird, but I can also relate. Like, I'm frustrated, but for the most part, my mental stability has been good. You know what I mean? I'm not, you know, I have cried a little bit, but (laughs) nothing that's disturbing my my day-to-day routine or anything like that. But in itself, I think being fine in times of, like, total chaos is, in its way, a coping mechanism. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think that does kind of... I mean, I know you've said you've cried and such, but I think it's kind of almost expected of black black women a lot. So maybe it's just from past experience in my life always needing to be fine or like having to put on a face of fine. Maybe that's just why I feel fine now. 100%. Um, having to be the strong one or the one that's expected to be slighted or... Uh, to be put in situations um, where you're not going to feel great um, just because of the world that we live in. So, yeah, I, I can relate to that completely, and I think that's a thing. One of the studios I teach at is already closed, like has already announced it. Well, we haven't announced it officially, but by the time this goes live, it will be announced. We're closing out of business, and I know that there are a lot of small businesses that um, are not getting the financial uh, help that or assistance that they thought they would 
and um, are not going to be able to survive this. So it's just a whole process, but I don't want to spend the whole hour talking about this. Certainly. In other news, on my other podcast, The Vegan Chub Club, I announced that I am not vegan. So has the podcast come out already or you just recorded it? It comes out on Monday. Oh, okay. Because I'm like, what has the backlash been? What do the stupid people say that had something to say that was stupid? I know. <laughs> Which I d- Tell me all. I didn't give very much explanation about it, and I don't really plan to because so much of my body positivity journey and being an advocate for body positivity is like your health isn't anyone else's business. You don't owe anyone an explanation about what you choose to eat, why you choose to eat what you're going to eat. People don't get to dictate what you're going to eat just because you're in a bigger body. And that doesn't change just because I'm not vegan. I'm able to share what I would like to share. And I have complete autonomy over my body and the ability to do what I want with it. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I... I mean, that's something that I've always stuck to and always tried to empower others to do. Like, mm-hmm. so it applies to this situation too. Would it be safe to say that you would expect some kind of backlash from people that have been following you for years because you're vegan? Um, I think that comes with anyone who decides not to be vegan anymore. And I think that's why a lot of people put out these lengthy explanations. And I don't think it's necessarily because they want to. I think it's because they want to, like, save that part of their audience or something. Right. But, like, I don't need the approval. (laughs) I know. Like, I think that also comes a lot because a lot of the people that put out videos are super young and maybe not... Um, is solidified in who they are and I am and I'm confident in every decision that I make and I don't need outside approval in any way. I get it and I think I've seen like I first of all I don't care I'm like yeah (laughs) I don't care right I don't either (laughs) (laughs) but and I've seen those videos from people who are like um you know better than I do but I remember specifically this one woman that was like a vegan person on the on the YouTube and somebody like filmed her eating fish or something. And then like she had to make this like she made this big apology video and I watched it because everybody was talking about it. And I'm like, this is so like, I don't know if I'm biased because I really just could not care less. <laughs> but this seems really phony and weird. And I think that's where like body positivity comes in, like. It's not anyone's business. You shouldn't have to sit there and explain yourself for 40 minutes to strangers on a decision you've made with your body that does not affect their life at all. And I know Giovanna personally. Um, Oh, is that who I was talking about? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Um, So I know Giovanna, and I don't think she should have had to make that that video. Um, But that's just me, and I think... The way I deal with things are different than a lot of other people. Sure, there's going to be backlash. Sure, there will be people that want to know more information because people always just want to know more, right? But I think half of my audience is vegan and half is like body positive yoga have been with me for a very long time, even before I was vegan. So I let people make their own decisions on if they want to follow me or not. I mean, mm-hmm, there are people mm-hmm. that I follow for a certain reason for a season and then for some reason they don't resonate with me and I unfollow and that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big thing. Um, but like just going back to that, like I totally get where you're coming from as yeah. far as you, you know, and I respect that, but also being in that, not, I'm not in that position, but if I was, I could, I would be afraid to make, I'd be afraid of the backlash, even though really? I, you know, I'm like, yeah, that's nerve wracking. Like people. So, and, and not, this is not just like internet. Like this is like kind of like idolism in general. Like people sit, tend to like admire people from afar and then they idolize them and they almost dehumanize them in a sense. Right. Yeah, like make them, I get that. right. And yeah, just kind of when you do one thing to fuck up or um, cast yourself in a different light than this person has like painted you in, 
you know, it, it can elicit some really nasty uh, response. And even if you even if you don't care to continue to uphold that, you know, ideal or whatever, it's still hurt painful to get people saying shitty things to you and about you, right? Just the process yeah, is painful. For so sure. and I can say definitely that I wasn't scared at all. Like I don't know, fear just didn't go into it. Like truth felt more important than fear, but also just I don't know. I just, I didn't want to not tell people for a while, but you know, like I've been working with a dietitian for the past 10 months. So in the last like 90 days or so, when I started to incorporate animal products in, like I was continuously like wanting to get it out, almost eager versus scared. But I needed to wait because when you're working with I hate even talking about this because it's like going further than I want to go really. But when you're working with gut health issues, it takes a long time to like figure things out, like incorporating things, taking things out. I might go and say one thing, but within two weeks, that's not true. I can't eat that thing anymore. So it was like Mm -hmm, kind of a process. mm -hmm. I had to just wait to see how things were going to play out before Mm -hmm. I could formally say anything. And also I needed to find a new host for the Vegan Chub Club. So I wanted to make sure that that community, because that was a super important community to me. Within veganism, there's so little body diversity. And to Mm -hmm. have that community meant a lot to me. And I really enjoy that community. And I really wanted them to be in good hands. So Mm -hmm. finding and interviewing and getting everything passed over took a little bit of time as well. So I wanted to make sure that all of my ducks were in a row first. So who is the new host? I think I already know, but who's the new host? Miranda, the uprooted foodie. Yeah, I met her, her at my workshop. I love I her. I love her. She's, She's fantastic. Yes. She was immediately, you know, you meet people and it's just like, oh yeah, that was a person. I don't know. I feel very neutral about this person. And then you meet somebody and you're like, oh my God, I love that person. I feel a kindred connection. I felt like yes. that when I met her. I'm like, oh, you're cool. I like you. Like such a genuine human. So like thoughtful in everything that she says and She's been so great to work with, and I'm just really happy that that community is in her hands. So, I mean, I'm I very have proud. more joy than anything. Well, I'm proud of you for um, for thinking of your audience in that way. That's very um, that's very thoughtful and very loving, and I think she's an awesome <laughs> choice. And, yeah. Yeah, so and that I'm kind glad of- that that's all hashed out. That was, like, my main concern, really. Um, being respectful to that audience because they need that space. Like the vegan community community can be very kind until it comes to fat bodies. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, like I talked about it with her off camera. And like, is that like not every community? Like <laughs> almost every intersectional exactly. community. <laughs> Like, people would post Joelle and I, like, on bigger media platforms, and all of the comments would be like, fat cows, get them off of here. And it's like, first of all, you're vegan. Should you really be using cow as an insult, one, if you care so much about the lives of cows? Does that make sense? No, it makes sense. (laughs) And it totally makes me think of this, like thing I have, this pet peeve I have of people who care more about animals than they care about people. I I feel like we all have encountered or know somebody like that who will like, and we need that passion for animals. I'm not saying like, of course we need that, but there are people out there that would like throw their grandmother under a bus before they like let a dog get hit. You know what I mean? (laughs) I'm just like, what? Huh? (laughs) Like what? Yeah. But now, yeah, it's going to be out on my YouTube. It'll be out here, obviously, now that we're talking about it here. It'll be out on the Mm -hmm. Vegan Chub Club. I'll probably do a post on the Vegan Chub Club and then share it to my other accounts. And it'll be out there. I know some people will be upset, but I think that's the part of, like, (laughs) also having a life outside of social media. Like, I have the support of my friends, you, Miranda, like, my friends in real life, my boyfriend, my family, like... That's what matters to me. So, and plus, like, for me, like, I understand the fear for a lot of vegans because it's the first time they've gotten backlash. But I've gotten backlash for being fat the entire time I've been on the internet. So, 
I think I'm just used to the hateful, terrible things people say. So this, to me, feels no different. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm proud of you for for saying this and coming forward and doing all this stuff. Coming forward like you're giving the testimony. (laughs) And I'm excited to see, you know, where this takes you and um, how you continue to develop your yourself, your brand and all that good stuff. What I eat in a days will never be back. Do not ask. No, I stopped making those a year ago just because I was tired of people telling me what to eat all the time and giving me unsolicited advice all the time. And like at first I had made those videos to be like, this is what a plus size person actually eats in a day, regardless of if I'm vegan or not, but also to show plus size women, like you can live an alternative lifestyle, even though you don't see other people that look like you. Um, this is what I eat. This is how much I eat. You guys all have in your head that everyone's eating a pint of ice cream and a pizza and whatever a day, but this is what one plus size person actually eats in a day. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. then at some point I was like, this logic is flawed because people, I don't want people using me as an example as like, you should be eating quote unquote healthy like this. Like people can eat whatever they want. If they want to eat a whole pizza, God bless you, girl. I wish I could sometimes, you know, like it was just like flawed logic on my part and just like, it just showed how much fat phobia is in America. Like people literally counting your calories in the comments and like, it was just like, what? Exactly. Like, and it's like the things that I was eating, if someone thin was eating, it would be like, yes, queen, live your best life. But me eating it, oh my gosh, you're fat, you're disgusting. You're going to be on my 600 life in a few weeks or whatever, you know? And I was just tired of it. I was tired of people being on my plate. I just wanted to live my life without people on my plate anymore. So all of those videos went private probably like seven months ago and I hadn't made one for like a year Okay. so. It kind of makes me, you kind of remind me of a topic that you and I have talked about that has been on my mind a lot since I've had some free time, um, which is the topic of authenticity. And I know that... Uh, for a lot of people that have a platform on the internet, that is um, a number one thing that is on people's minds, um, content creators, and um, a struggle for a lot of people to find your authentic voice without feeling fake, like a fraud, you know? Yeah. Um, do you feel closer to your authentic voice when you stop making those videos, because I almost feel like those types of videos and, you know, sometimes I watch them because they're interesting or I just want to get different ideas on, you know, we mm-hmm. get stuck in our food ruts. Right. But in a way, sometimes the way those videos are made, it feels very showy and very performative, just the same way that physical asana can feel. Right. Yeah. Um, do you feel like that's kind of given you more of your authentic voice? Um or made you feel a little more rooted and grounded and confident in um, the things you do put out there by just kind of pulling back the reins and reevaluating what's valuable to you to share? I think it did. It definitely did. And especially now, like in my vlogs, I'll show like one meal that I'm really loving. And that feels so much more authentic than when I'm crafting this entertainment piece. And there were times, like honestly, where I'd film part of a what I ate in a day on a Saturday and part on a Sunday and put it together as a day because this meal was very good on this day. (laughs) This Mm -hmm, meal was very mm -hmm. good on that day. This is what I'm getting to. (laughs) Merge it together. And the other part of authenticity in that, it's less um, of the meal portion because I do feel like a lot of people craft those videos to be beautiful and aesthetic and almost something to aspire to is reading the comments on those videos made me a much bitchier person (laughs) yeah and (laughs) I didn't like which is so different because I feel like comments hurt a lot of people's feelings but for me they pissed me off and I didn't want anything pulling me out of the like out of my character and Mm -hmm. the kind person that I try to be because I've talked about it a lot like I grew up with like a lot of anger issues and 
for me, it's harder to be kind than it is to be bitchy. So I'm always very, I'm always trying to see other people's sides and really feel what other people are feeling. And I think that I've become a very compassionate and empathetic and caring person, like from high school to now. And reading comments like that, it just made me want to like go off on everybody. And that's not who I want to be. And that's at my core. I don't feel like that's who I am. I feel like that was very, that's a very reactive part of me. Mm -hmm. So I think I've become more authentic now that I don't make those videos. Yeah. And I, I like, I mean, you, you hit the nail right on the head when you said like, Oh, I would pull a a meal from this day and that day and put it together. I'm like, that is not, that's not authentic. Which nobody knows that. That's a secret. We've right. told it all. And <laughs> I'm in, like, I get like beautiful things and curation and da 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 da, um, and detailed, beautiful work. And, and you know, I get all that. I, I love it and I have a great appreciation for it. Um, but like when we're sharing ourselves on the internet, it just kind of feeds into that idolism and like it's false. Like, I am not on YouTube and I'm not doing the what you eat in a day things because if I did, let me tell you what you would see. You would see me going to the kitchen like five times drinking directly from the juice cartons. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I would be eating hummus with my fingers from the container. Like, like this is who I am. Sometimes I'm very messy. I drink a mimosa and coffee at the same time this morning. Nobody would put that on YouTube. <laughs> so, oh, I miss hummus so bad. <laughs> oh yeah, you, you're not. You don't eat the beans, right? Yeah, I can't eat beans, but that's okay. And let you're me not tell you, that much. my what I eat in a days did start off semi-authentic, pretty authentic actually. Like the first mm-hmm. handful, but then after that, you have to start. It stops being what I eat in a day because I feel like the majority of people have like a couple handful of recipes that they have a couple variations of, and they kind of rotate, you run out of things fast. So then it goes from what I eat in a day to like recipe creation in order to like keep things interesting because people Mm -hmm. don't want to see you eating the same thing on rotation all the time, which is, I feel like, what the majority of people do. We all like make a new recipe here and there, but for the most part, I think we all kind of have our staples. Do you feel like that's true with the way you eat? Oh yeah. Yeah. So once you get to 10 videos, you've already done it all. Yeah. And (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I understand it. Like I said, I watch them because they're interesting, but you know, there's this, there are people out there that kind of latch on to internet personalities or whatever you want to call people on the internet. <laughs> I hate that word, the I word. I don't want to use it. But if I, I feel like you eventually, once you hit a certain level, you're doing a disservice to your audience because ultimately they're going to compare themselves to you. This this perception of what they think your normal life is. And, you know, that's not good. People start to think there's something wrong with them because they can't attain this. Like, oh, well, every morning Eden rolls out of bed with a beautiful face mask on and she brews her coffee and she has a clean spoon and a clean bowl ready for her. <laughs> like, this idea, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just think, especially for wellness, um, wellness people out there on the internet that, um, you know, are trying to help to heal the world or whatever. Whatever, you know, it is that we do. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to, like, send out positive vibrations and, and good energy and things like that. I think it's important to stay authentic. And like I said, I think everybody struggles with it. Uh, I know I have. I know it's been a really big thing. And it's not until more recently that I felt more comfortable with myself. Um, where I felt like I wasn't, um, I don't feel like I'm being crushed under the weight of imposter syndrome every single time something is printed about me or there's a photo or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, it's just something that I've been thinking about a lot and, um, yeah, I feel like I'm in a good space and kind of curious about how you feel about it. And if there are any things that were like game changers for you, as far as finding your authentic voice or finding that comfort and yeah. just being kind of out there. You know, it's it's hard for me sometimes because I 
think my authentic voice is always there. But in some ways, like especially with like what I eat in a day videos, I, I know what I look for on YouTube and I do look for authenticity, but I also look for kind of entertainment, quick and easy, that kind of thing. So I don't think that I would like roll out of bed and be perfect. I roll out of bed with no makeup, with a robe on in the kitchen, like making a smoothie, which is I think pretty practical. Um, but definitely like a bit performative, especially since I went to a performing arts high school. So anytime I'm in front of a camera, it's me because I'm playing <laughs> myself, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but everyone switches just a tiny bit when their camera turns on. Your voice perks up just a little bit. Yeah. You're a little bit more bubbly. And I think anyone that would say that that's not the case probably isn't being honest. It's just because you're there to prov almost to provide a service. Like you are their entertainment for the day. Um, and yes, there are times where vlogs or videos get so real or when you're crying or like when my dog died, I cried a lot on YouTube. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and yeah, that was real. But then there were other parts of the videos where I was just back to like. Yourself. Let's uplift. Yeah, back to myself, you know. And, and that's normal. I think it's people can relate to that. It's a hard line to teeter. No, I think that. Yes, I understand. Like, I guess how you're explaining that. But I think that's normal. And those people out there who say. um that you can't be sad and happy at the same time, like really lack an understanding of like the dynamic human experience. Like I don't think those people are <laughs> human. You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, well, if she was so upset and why was she laughing and dancing in this video two hours later? I'm like, cause that is, we are very like the range <laughs> of human emotion is very wide. You know what I mean? Like we're complex individuals. We're completely capable of holding more than one emotion at the same time. Yeah. And also something that you said about like when you're the camera's on, you kind of like perk up. You just it's just an automatic thing. Yeah. I think that's it reminds me of this conversation I had um, with this photo photographer, pho photographer <laughs> with this photographer, <laughs> um, Hope Lee. <laughs> she was saying um, she's a super dope photographer. You guys should check her out on Instagram. I think it's just Hope Lee. Um, she was saying how she hates having her picture taken. I think I was taking a picture of her with somebody else. And she's like, oh, take it again, take it again. I'm like, you're a photographer and you're like a pain in the ass right now. <laughs> and she was just saying how she hated having her picture taken. And um, especially when you're caught off guard and you see a photo of yourself, because when the camera is pointed towards you, you everybody does this thing where they like pull their shoulders back and like you make your face taut. Like you pull your ears back and you don't even realize it. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy. And I noticed every single time I'm like, oh my God, I have the stance. <laughs> I, I position myself in a certain way. I do pull my, my ears back. And when you see that relaxed picture of yourself where you didn't know you were being photographed and you're like, damn, that's what I really look like. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's just what it reminded me of. I'm like, yeah, that's so true. We all light up like in our own little way or like completely recoil. Like there's one of two reactions when you have the camera on you. Yeah. Um, speaking of kind of authenticity, I guess this can kind of play off of it. Jessica just found out yesterday. I thought that we had talked about it before, but maybe we hadn't. I thought I had mentioned that I used to be a weight loss Instagram. Maybe I just deleted it from my archives because I do that sometimes. Maybe. Maybe. But yeah. So, because if you said Jessica. we've talked about it, I'm sure we did, but. No. Which we might not have. It might have. I have to, had slash have two podcasts. Um, <laughs> it's very complicated at the moment. So it. But wait, could have why did you well send me like. Here. Why did you send me like three before and after pictures and make me like gag myself with a fork? I was like, no, <laughs> because I had thought we talked about it. And I was like, literally here, it's all still here because I haven't 
taken it down because I think that it's kind of cool. I mean, I have scrubbed my Instagram a little bit and like archived some things that like just don't sit well with me anymore. But I think it's kind of cool for people to go back and see like, okay, she lost a lot of weight. She gained it back. She's confident. She's happy. And... I don't know. I just didn't want to take them down, and they're still there. They're back, you know, a long time ago. Now you have to do a whole lot of scrolling to find them, but... No, I think it's dope that you kept them up, um, because a lot of people take that stuff down, and I know some people who have done that. And no shame, like, everybody has their own reasonings and rights to do what, you know, they want to do, but I think it's interesting. I think it's almost brave to be uh that open yeah because i'm a private person by nature of course you know you could take that however you want (laughs) but at the end of the day i am who i am right and i think it's i think it's cool that it's still up there and i'm private with some things like my relationship you'll see him on a vlog from time to time but most of the time he's not in my social media because that's like for us and I've seen what social media has done to a lot of couples and relationships and I never want that to be something that like work for us becoming like tumultuous and tearing us apart so I don't ever plan on being like a couple's vlogging channel or anything like that but so I am private in that way but um I guess what I'm trying to get to is, um, remember that talk we had on the bed in LA about me wanting to lose weight before I had kids? Mm, Kind of. Yeah. I remember talking with you on the bed, if that's a consolation. Okay. Um, I think I've deleted all weight loss conversations we've ever had. I know. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I think we were talking something about like, if weight loss could be body positive and, um, like since I've come from a passive, like being a weight loss account, I think I had said something around the way of like, I've been much larger than I am now and I was super uncomfortable and Mm, getting pregnant right now would put me back at that weight where I was very uncomfortable. So before I had kids, I would want to lose some weight and we both know that losing weight doesn't guarantee you're going to be not comfortable, but I know like what the strain was on my back and my joints and stuff before and being mm-hmm. pregnant would put me back mm-hmm. there. So I think my point with this whole authenticity chat is like, if I am on an intentional weight loss journey at any point, I wouldn't share it. And I would continue to post pictures as I am, but I don't ever, I can't picture myself ever posting another before and after of weight loss. It would just be like, this is me. This is my body. I love my body through every phase. I don't need to compare anymore. And I think that would be nice for people to see like coming from a place where I felt the need to post before and after and use hashtags that I would never use now and if I lose weight again or whatever just be happy with who I am throughout my journey absolutely um Yes, I agree with you. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with needing or, well, wanting to lose weight or needing to lose weight or whatever. But yeah, we've talked about this. Yeah. Um, it do doesn't change who you are. Why do people talk about it so much? <clears throat> because it's a pat on their back because it's hard to do. It, it's yeah. impo- and it's nearly, nearly impossible to keep the weight off. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not my opinion. It's a fact. Most people gain all of their weight back, and it might take several years. Five, <laughs> it might not, you know. Five to ten percent keep it off long term. Which is nothing. No. You know? And for all the reasons that people are the size that they are, you know, some people were not meant to be that size. Some people maybe did have something, you know, some slight change would change their weight. You know what I mean? We hear it all the time. I remember I had, mm-hmm. I had a primary care physician who was... Um, a plus size person, a large woman. And she, one day I went in for my physical and I hadn't seen her for like nine months, a year or something like that. 
and I didn't recognize her. She had lost so much weight. She looked like a completely different person. And she was always, um, you know, she's a doctor, so she wanted me to take care of myself, but she was never preachy about weight loss because mm-hmm. she kind of knew the deal, right? And she was like, yeah, they changed my heart medication. <laughs> and this, this, this was the result. Yeah. So there's these little things that can contribute, and then sometimes it, there's not anything that really can change your body size for the rest of your life. So I think the celebration of how you've struggled <laughs> to meet this goal that's not going to be sustainable. I don't think that it changes who you are and I don't think it's a reason to celebrate anything. And it's a celebration of um, a Eurocentric beauty standard, which I'm not with that shit. Yeah. I think there is space, like, I think it's important to acknowledge people meeting their goals regardless of what their goals are. Like, Yes. And that's important. Like, if someone works hard support, to lose weight right? and that's... they want that, I'm happy to give them that, you know? Um, and like you said, there's so many, like, small things. Like, since I changed my diet, I've lost 26 pounds. And it was very unexpected. And it was just, like, from literally changing the foods that I ate because they were not the best thing for me. Yeah, and I think and that there's like a... things like that just happen in your life. Yes. And I think that there's a difference between uh, emotional, moral support and um, rewarding somebody for the way that they look. Right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So that's, that's what yeah, I'm getting at. Certainly. But... Yeah. No, I agree with that. I forget what the point of this conversation was and where it was going, but. (laughs) Uh, Me too. And I just, I'm so distracted by my reflection in the monitor because my skin, I don't think I've ever seen it so pale. I'm just like, oh my gosh. Do you see this? Yeah. You're always like, I always feel like you're a little bit darker than me. And right now I am very golden and delicious. And my lips look dark, which is crazy. Because my lips they are usually just, the same color as my face. They just and look that's not, pink. They're they the colors. pink today. <laughs> anyway, I just need to get outside. I need to figure this out. <laughs> I, need to, <laughs> I need to break out of here and figure out how to fix, fix this. So that's what I'm going to be doing for the rest of the weekend. Yeah. Getting your melanin back. I'm going to try. I mean, I think we're, I think it's going to rain. I can't win here. <laughs> like, I just want to take um, a nap and sleep through the summer and like wake up in my birthday month and everything's back to normal. <laughs> how Stella got her groove back, how Jessica got her melanin back. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I really do oh because I can't afford to buy new makeup. So we got to figure this out in the next few months. <laughs> Mine's definitely quite a bit darker than my neck, but I just like blended it down a little bit. Well, you live in the grand old state of Texas and are able to go out on walks and stuff. Meanwhile, where I live, it's just like more people are out on the streets than ever walking their dogs. So I also live in like the forest with deer and stuff. So, (laughs) yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I know it's it's very interesting. Austin is very naturey. There's like lots of green belts and stuff here. I mean, there's no ocean, that's for sure. But mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. a lot of nature, which is very nice to be able to just like escape, especially since it's basically in my backyard. Yeah. I miss that about living in Seattle. It was, there was, you could go on a different walk every weekend for like probably three or four years and not run out of new places to go. It was really cool. Yeah. Definitely. So um, we talked about authenticity, and I think that was a very good talk. Good. I'm glad you appreciate this time we're spending together. I feel like it was mostly Eden therapy time and all, but... (laughs) We'll switch. We'll switch for the next podcast. I'll get my therapy in. I feel like you've gotten a lot, a little bit of therapy in here and there. What sure. has been your favorite? Are you still doing everybody workouts right now? Yes, I am. I am. I'm mostly doing yoga with Pooja because I'm still working. 
um, from home. So my schedule, as far as my availability, hasn't really changed. So I'm doing classes with um, Pooja, who um, I highly recommend. They are fabulous, great yoga teacher and beautiful person all around. Um, Prince Pooja on Instagram, and you can sign up for those classes. I teach it everybody too, $5 per class, live streaming for anybody in the world. Um, and I've done a couple of classes with Hyperbody, also an amazing, um, amazing lady, uh, like some kind of a dance, like pop dance aerobics. Um, it's cool. And yeah, she's kind of <laughs> vulgar in a fun way. <laughs> I know. So yeah, I've, I've been seen- doing that. I've seen her previews and I'm like, that looks fun. <laughs> I've it's been so doing fun. a lot of free workouts on YouTube. If you, you know, I know a lot of people have been laid off. So if you need free fitness fun, I do have a playlist called Eden's Fitness Fun because fitness should be fun. Um, <laughs> and I have all of the like different workouts that I do on YouTube in there. So you can just kind of search through. And you can kind of pull them into your own playlist and organize them the way that you want to. But I've really been liking doing fitness martial dances. I usually just let five or six of them play in a row because they're the length of one song. Mm-hmm. So each one is like less than five minutes. So I get a nice 20, 30 minute sweat session if I do that. And me and my boyfriend did pop sugar. We like pop sugar a lot because it's similar kind of to beach body workouts in the way that they do it, where they have the instructor, then they have two people working out behind them and one modifies and one does like the super advanced version option. So that's why we like to do pop sugar because there's lots of options for us. And we did a 30 minute cardio kickboxing And it kicked our butts. We were sore for like four four days afterwards. I don't think my boyfriend had done like a group fitness type workout in a very long time. So it was really cute to see him boxing away. It was adorable. So Mm Pop Sugar has been a lot of fun. I think it's cute when I do group fitnesses, uh, group fitness classes with my boo, whether it's like TV or in person, like. I've been doing it for five or six years, so it's like nothing, right? But just to see the panic in their eyes, like you just look over to see how they're doing. And they're like, oh, oh, oh my God, <laughs> like, I can't keep just that sheer focus and like slight panic. I just, I find it so adorable. <laughs> and I also find it so funny that people always kind of like shit on group fitness and like make fun of it. Like it's like, you know, cutesy and it's not a real workout. But then anytime you take someone to a group fitness class, they're like, oh my gosh, that was so hard. I used to take my dad to them. And every time he'd be like, that lady's a demon. <laughs> what? Like so tired after the workouts. And I'm like, yeah, just because it's body pump doesn't mean it's not really lifting weights. Like it's still hard. Dude, I feel like we could do a whole podcast on group fitness because I have some feels about it. I think it's one of the best things ever, and I was definitely a naysayer in the beginning. So, yeah, get your group fitness on. There's nothing like camaraderie and, like, community and a thing that we don't talk about a lot when we're all together, like, doing the same thing, whether it's singing or listening or watching or moving. There's this energy that gets shared, and it's common, and it feels good, and it's comforting. Um, and it's community and yeah, it's everything. So yeah, hooray for group group fitness. fitness. Like that's honestly been one of the hardest things for me. Like I still work out at home, maybe like, I don't know, three times a week, maybe is usually my zhuzh. I try to walk every day if it's not raining just to get some fresh air really. Um, but I've just missed group fitness and like The only thing that's been bothering me is, like, they were talking about how reopening, there would still be, like, social distancing in the gyms, of course, because things aren't safe. And it's like, I don't even really feel safe going to the gym at this point. And group fitness classes being limited to 10. But, like, I don't want that much hot air circulating around me yet. Just There's just too much unknown in that way so like that's the only little thing that's like pinging at my heart the one little selfish thing that I have is like not being able to go to group fitness and I I still think it's totally possible to cultivate that sensation online it's a little bit different but I feel it like um 
Uh, oh, I should just plug my class right here because I teach every Wednesday, 6.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time through Zoom. DM me for a link. Um, but yeah, I, what, it's been five or six weeks that I've been doing this and each class um, is growing and people are being more open and turning their cameras on during their practice. And I feel it like I felt that, you know, you know, other instructors that are listening and even students. Once in a while, you get a little cheery in yoga <laughs> or that little, maybe not a full on cry, but you feel that emotion start to rise. I got that. I could, I would, that, you know, that was from the group. That was from us all moving, even though we weren't all together in the same place. We um, <clears throat> were moving at the same rate and breathing consciously and just that collective consciousness that we were creating in this bubble. Like I felt it, it moved me and I know it moves other people because I hear from them. So, um, Yes, I'm mourning the group fitness classes because that was like the big social highlight of my week. <laughs> the few classes <laughs> I was able to take that I wasn't teaching. But, um, you know, new normal. We have to reconnect and um, re reset our expectations and we'll get through this. Our ancestors went through far, far, far worse than this. We can do this. We got this shit. <laughs> they sure did. But, yeah, that's my only little thing. <laughs> Group fitness is the best, and I do still enjoy doing it at home. I mean, I like it better when my boyfriend's here because then I have a person, you know. Mm -hmm. But of doing course. it on your own is hard, so I know what people are saying when they're like, oh, I don't want to work out. It's not the same at home. <laughs> like, I get it. I get it, It's not the same, but, you know, we. it takes a while for everything to, become, to feel familiar, right? So this is just – it's going to be a new normal, so we got to suck it up and – find ways to keep ourselves connected and happy. Yeah. And I've still been seeing a lot of like quarantine 15 jokes and stuff like that. And also like a lot of middle-aged men on the internet, like bitching about fat acceptance and stuff, which has been really weird too. But personally, I feel like I... I'm just almost the healthiest I've been in a long time. Like, I feel the best I felt in a good while with my wellness and my eating habits and, like, just treating myself kindly and being mindful and moving when it feel like, when I feel like it. And I don't know. It's just been, like, a really good time for me. Like, it's giving me that extra focus time that I think I needed. No, I feel the best ever, and mostly because um, I have more time to move the way I want to, mm -hmm. and I don't have, um, well, I have new stress, right? We're all a little bit stressed out, but yeah, I don't have course. that um, constant stress of being in momentum, and I, th I think I said this last recording that we made, I just don't have that anxiety of having to be places at certain times and fight mm -hmm. the traffic and, oh my God, can I get a 20-minute nap in here before I have to go for the next four hours and all yeah. this stuff? So and I just like have that time. Feed myself, like right, <laughs> right, kind of and also I'm not eating out as much because the part of the hurry feed yourself was like, oh my god, grab a sandwich because you don't have any food and you don't have any time. So like having the time to cook for myself and move, yeah, I feel, yeah, I feel I really feel, like strong and resilient right now. I feel like now. for a long time I like haven't su felt super connected to myself because I've just been go go go. And then I was taking care of my dog, so, like, everything was about her for a while. But now I just feel, like, super connected to myself. Like, like I can actually, like, feel myself again, which feels amazing. Yeah, that's beautiful. And it, I mean, it sucks that this is what took for, this is what it took for that to happen. But I just feel very in my body. I feel like a lot of people maybe don't even realize that they don't feel in their body or, like, feel right. their body even. Right, right. Absolutely. Like, feel your legs under you. Feel your, like, belly move. Like, people don't feel their bodies. And, like, I feel my body and I feel in my body. And I know that sounds really weird. And it's hard to explain fully. Jessica can maybe do it more eloquently than I can. But I just feel myself. 100%. No. I, and it's about being aware. It's about body awareness and... This is like 90% of the classes I teach. How do you feel? Get out of your head. 
<laughs> where are you manifesting your emotions in your body? Because we all are. And even with as an instructor, as like dedicating a lot of my day to being aware, breathing deeply, feeling myself, I constantly like I'll just be sitting there looking at my phone and my little shoulders all the way up to my earlobes. And I'm like, just relax. What are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so yeah, it's a thing. And I can relate. I feel really good right now, too. And this is like just the natural, like this is mother nature and, and you know, there's the natural life and death process of every single thing. Um, you reap and you sow, you know, you rise and you rest. Like this is just a bigger cycle of nature forcing us to reevaluate and to slow down. And that part of it is welcome. The slowness is welcome. Nothing else. Mother Nature can take everything <laughs> else back with her because everything else is pretty shitty. But I do appreciate the slowness that I can take my time with everything. Yeah. <laughs> Something else that happened was it was my first Easter not at church, which was super weird. Mm. But also like very... I don't know how to explain it, but I don't know. It it just felt very, like, peaceful as well, like, to be able to, I mean, if you're not religious, you might not understand exactly what I mean, but it just felt very peaceful to be able to be, like, thankful on my own. Yeah. Like, to have my own time of worship versus, like, with a group, which is awesome as well. Because, um, like, we talked about authenticity, churches aren't always that authentic either. And it does feel, like we said, performative sometimes at churches. It's this big, it and it should be. It's a celebration, but it's like sure. kids running around and finding eggs and the and worship be quiet team. and stay awake. <laughs> yeah. The band is playing. The kids are running around um, in the big, because I go to like a mega church, so there's like a playground and they hide things for the kids and stuff. And it's like so much like, almost just like a party, um, but like it was like an observance instead at home. And that was really cool for me too. Like weird, but cool. I think that's, yeah, I think that's really, really interesting. Um, I think one of the most authentic things about a, a person in general would be faith. Like that is as authentic as it gets the faith that people cultivate on their own, that they believe in no matter what. Um, I think that that's definitely worthy of celebrating and feeling good about. So I like that story. Yeah. And the last thing I want to say about feeling in my body is I was in this yoga class with Jillian and she teaches at Black Swan Yoga. They're doing free live streams as well. They do encourage donations though, if you're able to. Um, she did this thing where she's like, she was talking about like feeling our feelings and feeling our bodies. And she did this thing where she had us run our nails down our legs and to like, just feel something. And she's like, how often are your legs under you, but you don't feel them? Like you're walking, you really don't feel anything. You lay your hands on your legs. You don't feel anything. But like just taking time, like we scratched our legs then we like massaged our legs just to like feel like the touch because touch is so important, even if it's coming from yourself. And that was so nice to feel. I, I think that's touch, self-touch is so underrated. In fact, it's funny that you mentioned that because in my last... I want to say one or two classes. Um, I did a live stream this morning on Instagram, so I definitely did it there. And the last class I taught, um, I incorporated a posture um, where you're just gently sweeping your hand down your chest, down your arm, and then back up and open. And it was for that same reason. Like, this feels good to just kind of touch yourself, to remind yourself that you are a person that is worthy of love, and you can... Love yourself, you know, you can caress yeah. yourself, you can self-massage. I've been doing a lot of um, scalp massaging on myself because I realize that's where a lot of my neck and shoulder tension originates. So just really taking the time to massage myself like I would do for somebody else that I loved has been mm -hmm. like so rewarding to myself. Yeah, I've been doing that with like my neck and my shoulders too. And then like, just like feeling it, like feeling 
like your skin come together and like you release the tension in your hand. Like just feeling that has been so nice and welcome. Yes. Oh, Life we're doing so mushy gushy. It's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we it's started really off beautiful stuff, you know? Like we started I'm off being lot. very angsty. We did, but once I get into it, I've been seeing so much beauty around me, even like the silliest things. Like I was eating some grapefruit before we started and it was just like the prettiest pink. And I just love that because it was just so pink and pretty and super refreshing. And I was like, wow, this is like a great moment. You're totally turning into me. I'm making you one of me. (laughs) 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 Because that is so a Jessica thing. I've been like, look at the color of this fruit. Look at how perfect it is. I am so I happy. I love that is me. vegetables, <laughs> like chopped vegetables. I'm like, it's so pretty. Like, <laughs> that's what I do like about, like, the food components in my videos sometimes. It's like, food is just beautiful, and it's fuel, and it's like how people express love to each other. There's so much to food beyond like nourishment or if you're fat or if you're skinny or if it's going to make you fat or if it's going to make you skinny and like all these ways that we analyze food. Um, And I've learned a lot from working with a dietitian about like how I should and how I shouldn't analyze food too. But like overall, it's just like a beautiful thing. And like she talks so much about how food is love. And I've always felt that, but like hearing someone else validate it, it's cool. Oh yeah. No, me cooking a meal for myself or for a loved one is like 100% love. 100%. And I think like prepping and like I was chopping an onion this morning for my food. That shit can be therapeutic. If you have the time to like be present while you're doing it and you're not in a hurry, I think it's one of the Mm -hmm. best things. It's nourishing oh, and, and therapeutic. Oh, making my iced coffee. Like, <laughs> that's my favorite thing. Like, making iced coffee or an, a nice, like, frothy latte or something. Like, it's just such an awesome thing. I'm like, I'm going to enjoy this so much. And I made it. I just, I don't know. It's weird. But, <laughs> no, the things everybody that make can us relate happy to that. I was talking to my boyfriend's mom while we were talking to her, like all three of us were on FaceTime, and he was saying something like, I know you can't wait for TJ Maxx to open back up, and she's like, I'm not even going to be in there like that anymore. Like, she was just like, I was just bored, and I think a lot of people are figuring out, like, we just fill time because we're bored. And maybe we don't need to buy as many things or go as many places. I don't no, know. I no, I agree. I I'm laughing when you said that because I'm like, oh my god, I want to go to TJ Maxx and buy some candles and mm. buy some pots for my plants. You know, and TJ Maxx always has like the best like random noodles and like flavored oils and stuff too. But do you know where it's at? You, the real reason I go to TJ Maxx? They have the only discount retailer place that I can find that offers random pieces of Le Creuset. Oh. So I have like maybe 10 or 12 pieces, random like cookingware and bakeware, stoneware, maybe more than that, all in the same shade. And I've got most all of it, most all of it, not all of it, but most all of it from TJ Maxx, random TJ Maxx's. Like throughout the years. Same with, I really like Calphalon pans and mm. I get them there too. And they're so ridiculously discounted mm-hmm. and I just really love their cookware. I've had a lot of it over the years and it lasts me a really long time. But yeah, TJ Maxx, Home Goods is like always the places where I find it. It's it's like a dopamine rush. It's like and we're that, addicts. And that... Um, <laughs> What's it called? Tarani? Maybe that's, I think that's how you say it. Oh, yeah, the syrup. The The syrup. Yes. Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. love those. Right now I'm drinking the Lakanto one. It's the monk fruit one. Um, And I love that too. So, but yeah. Ooh, I have some monk fruit in my pantry. Um, My mother-in-law goes, she's a heavy dieter. (laughs) And (laughs) she's constantly changing completely like how she eats and functions like every I feel like it's a quarterly thing. So we have like boxes of sweetener that she'd given up from the last round of her dieting. 
So I have like monk fruit and agave, like all this kind of weird shit that I'd never buy because I'm just pretty much like a brown sugar and white sugar and maybe stevia sometimes, you know. So maybe I'll try to make some syrup. I've got some Meyer lemons left. Hmm, you give me an idea. Ooh, that would be really good. I have the vanilla one, and it's just kind of universal for the stuff. Speaking mm-hmm. of vanilla, I accidentally poured vanilla almond milk into my mashed potatoes yesterday. I've totally done that. Been oh there, done gosh. that. It's a I bullshit. Was so upset. <laughs> and I was you like, think at first you're like, oh, I can, it'll be fine. You won't be able to taste it. And then you start it eating it, and you're fine. like, oh, hell no. <laughs> Nothing was fine about this situation. I I thought for sure I had only bought plain unsweetened almond milk. This one yep. was vanilla unsweetened. I was yep. stirring. I was like, why does this smell sweet? I looked back in the fridge and realized. <laughs> I think we've all done that before. All it was of us. so bad. But it's it just so like bad. you start, you're like, oh, maybe it won't be a big deal. Maybe. And then you're like, oh, this is the worst. The worst. <laughs> It was so bad. So I just ended up eating a small dollop of them because I was. You treated them as a condiment. Yeah. I tried to season them as much as possible to make it go away, but. I don't think so there's any turning back. Vanilla and potatoes, not a, not a combo. Not a I thing. Know, so I mostly just had some summer squash that I put Slap Your Mama seasoning on. Do you have that seasoning? No, but I've, I've heard of it and see. I'm like a Lowry's girl. I'm not easily impressed. So my stores don't have Lowry's that much. Like the ones up by my mom, like 30 minutes away do, but like the three. Are there no black people over there? You would think. Black people love Lowry's. <laughs> I know. I couldn't find any. So I have like adobo and then I have slap your mama. So I put that <laughs> and then I had a piece of salmon. Well, I will try it. I'll try the slap your mama if I see it next time. It's just spicy and good. It's just like cayenne, garlic, pepper, and salt. Okay. It's just like a spicy little blend. A basic blend. I've had the onion salt from, um, have you had the onion salt from Trader Joe's? Yes, I really like it, but I can't have too much of it because onions are not a food that I'm really able to eat right now. You poor thing. I know. Can you eat sauerkraut? Sauerkraut? Yeah, I'm sure I could eat sauerkraut. I can eat pickled things. Okay. And I can eat fermented things. I've been on a sauerkraut. Yeah. Sauerkraut kick lately. I like it. Ooh, I have this beet sauerkraut right now. Yum. And it's very good on avocado toast. Very, very good. Yeah, that sounds good. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to get into some of that. I need some of that. Yeah, put it on avocado toast. It's good. Have mm-hmm. you had the frutakake seasoning from Trader Joe's? Oh, um, I so I usually buy mine from the Koreans, like, like the Asian grocery store. It's a Korean grocery store across the street from my house. Um, and I mm-hmm. just picked up the Trader Joe's one. But I like the, if you go to the Asian store, you have like a Korean or Chinese store around you. They have usually like 10 different varieties of it. Yeah. And that's where I used to get it. But in this date and time I can't be going to multiple stores so I usually just hit up Trader Joe's and that's so why I that's got mine the there yeah um, I was <laughs> happy to see that they saw it and I knew it would be good because they don't really yeah. mess around with quality yeah exactly and it was it's really I've been eating it on avocado toast with the sloppy mama and that's been a staple sourdough toast those big old planks of sourdough toast oh, mm. I gotta try it on the I usually just eat it on like rice, like, you know, um, oh, onigiri. I usually just use it for onigiris, like the little rice balls mm. with, um, I usually put yeah. mushrooms in them, like this mushroom saucy mix or um, tuna, can't, tuna salad. Can't with mushrooms either. Um, yeah. But that sucks. <laughs> what? <laughs> huh? <laughs> Girl, I don't Girl. I'm getting sad. Um, it's interesting to say the least, uh, but you know, life throws you curveballs, and what are you going to do? <sighs> Not eat mushrooms. Or onions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think this is a good spot to 
yeah. ra- wrap it up. We've gotten a nice, long, juicy, juicy episode. Yeah. Juicy uh, like our booties. Yeah. <laughs> well, like Jessica's booty. I don't have True one. True <laughs> that. Just Jessica. You got one. It's just a little got one. flattened booty. Uh, it's just not knocking things over like mine is. I know. I can't like, see it behind me if I look back. Literally in the way of life. I can't look back at it like Jessica. <laughs> uh, which reminds me, I got to learn how to use TikTok so I can be ratchet. Ooh, you're a savage. Classy, bougie, ratchet. See, I don't, I don't know. Stupid. What's happening? What's happening? We're doing the dance, you guys just can't see. I think we need um, to end this. This is over. <laughs> Thank this you is guys done. for listening. We will talk to you in a, I don't know, a week, maybe two. Love you. Be well. Bye. Bye. You can always get more Eden and Jessica. Head over to Instagram at Eden Loves Life and at Jessica Jade Yoga. We can't wait to chat with you.